2020, the Tonecast has been full of interviews of people all around the industry on how they are dealing with the impact of the coronavirus. Today's perspective is from the music venue side of the spectrum. This is one of the hardest hit areas of all of the music industry. What's going on, everyone? A happy Wednesday to you. This is the Wednesday after Black Friday, so we want to take a minute and say thank you for those who participated in our Black Friday sale. Um, We had a really good sale over the weekend and um, providing you guys with a little extra discounts and and good stuff, good tones. And um, it was fun to get some of those uh, pickups out in the wild. We've been building like crazy the first couple days of this week and uh, shipped a huge batch of the orders already out and we have uh, quite a few more to go, but we're working through it and really excited about that. Um, I want to mention our pickup chooser. I do this every tone cast. Um, it's really important to us that uh, we have this resource for you guys to fill out. Uh, go to our website. You can see on the homepage, the pickup chooser. Fill this out and tell us a little bit about your guitar and the tones that you're after, and we'll match you up to a set of pickups that will work for your, uh, for your guitar. So this is something we've always done from the very beginning. This is kind of boiling down some of the customer service stuff that we do into this form. And based on your answers, we get some clues on which models we might match up. And the reason why this works so well for us is that our models are really designed to to really fill a need and serve a purpose for the guitar player. So it's easy for us to kind of, based on your clues and what you're trying to go for, is to to really dial in a a good set for you, good recommendation. Um, Try that out. It's free. There's no obligation. Um, We've been getting a lot of those, and they take a little while to respond to, and um, but it's worth it. It's worth it for us, and worth it for the players to be able to uh, just to have that service going on. So try that out. The pickup chooser. Um, That's going to be something that you'll definitely want to uh, want to participate in if you're interested in some new pickups. Well, today is kind of a, a really cool. Uh, interesting, weird, crazy conversation all in one. Um, we're going to be talking to McHugh Olson, who is uh, from Extra Mile Arena here in Boise, Idaho. And he is the Associate Director of Media and Marketing for the Arena. And we're going to talk with him about how this year has gone from the music venue perspective. We've talked to artists, we've talked to music store people, we've talked to um, everyone almost. Uh, every kind of side of the coin. And and the venue has been something that uh, we've all kind of wondered what that's going to look like for the venues and how that's going to, how this year has gone from the venue's perspective. So I had a conversation with McHugh uh, this afternoon and we're going to jump into that conversation right now. All right, so we are talking today with McHugh Olson from Extra Mile Arena in here in Boise, Idaho. McHugh, how are you today? Hey, you know, it's 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 a good day. Uh, the sky is blue. Uh, the weather has changed in, in Boise and it's a bit colder, but, um, it, you know, we're 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 good. Uh, we're doing good today. Nice. So let's start off just by having you introduce yourself. Um, what is your title at the arena and kind of what is your um, we'll get into kind of maybe your your daily operations job, but uh, just just introduce yourself quickly. Sure. I'll try to be quick. Um, Like you said, my name is McHugh Olson. I am with the 
extra mile arena here in Boise, Idaho. We are a, uh, a 12,000 seat um, uh, venue on the campus of Boise State University. Um, we host anything from Elton John to Metallica to uh, Disney on Ice to Pavarotti. Um, so uh, we've done a lot through our time. We opened our building in uh, 1982 and um, have been around for, for a lot of things. Um, I have been with the facility since uh, 1997. I started um, as a as a janitor in the building, uh, pushing mops and and cleaning up after folks, and um, just kind of advanced through uh, different different operations. Um, went from from there to to the production side of the house, to to building stages and running sound and lights and and. Uh, 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 you know, just just doing all the all the aspects of what a stagehand would do, and then uh, was was able to get an internship in the marketing department of the building, and uh, went from that internship to uh, my position now, which is an associate director for the facility, and I oversee the full marketing department for um, for Extra Mile Arena at this point in time. So nice. have have made a. I've made the gamut of of a lot of different aspects of of venue management and and seen all sorts of different sides of the house, which is which is a really unique thing to uh, be able to do. Yeah. So so does that? I mean, going from pushing a broom to setting up a stage, does that help you kind of appreciate all those different roles that it takes to to run an event there? You know, I th- I think it gives you a, a different perspective. You know, you 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 understand um what it's like to be in those shoes um you know there there are still some stage hands uh that i know uh from back in my day of of building stages alongside them and and uh uh it's unique to to have friends come to my venue and and uh be able to um interact with all those different departments and you know, I've had friends say, you know, everybody here knows you, you know, because uh, be, being somewhere for 20, 23 plus years now, uh, it, it's uh, it definitely becomes a part of you and, and the building becomes alive and and uh, you get to uh, you get to understand uh, when your night's ending that that other folks might have, you know, four or five more hours, you know, of what they're doing. And, uh, um, it definitely makes you appreciate the hard work that goes into bringing a touring production into a city like Boise. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to the, the touring or lack of touring conversation (laughs) here in a minute. Um, one of the things that we've been doing throughout this summer and into the fall here with the podcast is just talking to people from the industry and getting their perspectives and the venue perspective is one that, um, that we've all been curious about. We all love concerts. We love going to concerts. We love the experience and, and talking to many bands there, you know, they went from normally being busy all summer to having nothing going on mm-hmm. and it, you know, no summer festivals, no summer tours, that kind of thing. Um, so let's go back to, what seems like five years ago in the spring of 2020 when um, when the word started leaking out and when there was more uh, you know more than just chatter about uh, 
the coronavirus and and what that meant. Maybe take me back to that first little little bit of news that you got and and kind of your your thoughts at that point of, yeah, man, is this really gonna is this really gonna sure. shut down? Can we talk, yeah, maybe you walk know, me through it, that? It's really I think that's really cool and interesting question. You know, we we uh, started uh, 2020 with uh, having a few shows. Um, and, uh, uh, we closed out 2020 with, uh, you know, like everybody else did at the end of February and, uh, beginning of March, the end of February, we had, uh, Cirque du Soleil come to town with, uh, a, their touring production called Ovo. And they came and sat in our building for, um, for seven different shows, which was, which was our best selling Cirque show that we've ever done. Um, you, you know, and, and. Who would have known that, um, the, you know, two weeks later, Cirque du Soleil would be off the road and 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 not not touring in the United States at that point in time, and and then we uh, we closed out with uh, a couple of shows of Paw Patrol, which is uh, at the very beginning of March. Um, I think that was like the sixth and the seventh of March. And uh, during that time, you know, we started seeing uh, COVID numbers and we started seeing stuff from the industry saying that this that this might close out, you know, and, and you have a show that's targeting the littlest of little uh, folks in our community and parents. And, and uh, you know, we quickly um, said, you know, hey, everybody wash your hands, sanit- hand sanitizer, you know, be safe. Um, uh, try, you know, try to, um, try to, try to be, make sure that you're healthy before you come to the show and everything else. And, and that was our last show. Wow. And we went, we went from Paw Patrol to, um, to doing an experiment on, uh, on, uh, March 16th was a Monday. And we, our, our staff said, Hey, we're going to experiment. We're going to try working remotely on uh, March 16th. And then at that point, the the whole world shut down and uh, our, our remote experience went well. And, and, and that's what we did at that point. We took a venue that was um, doing events and, and uh, really at that point um, shut it down. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. You're Similar story from, you know, to people on the road to kind of you start getting wind of it and you're like, man, this is really going to, this really is going to happen. It's really going to change. And um, so what were those first days of kind of going remote and online meetings and all that stuff? What was the the mood around the the office, if you will, or what was kind of some of the conversations that uh, you guys had about, well, we've got shows in the summer, we've got shows in the fall and, and kind of no one knew at that point, um, obviously that it would be lasting this long. Um, yeah, but maybe talk through those that next step as you got into to looking ahead because as a venue you have to be looking you can't you're not looking one or two weeks ahead you're typically looking months ahead so kind of yeah. talk to me about those conversations as you guys um, face the reality of that. Yeah, you know it's 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 interesting you know in the venue world you know not not just months ahead we're we're looking years and years ahead and it's funny to look at holds that you might have for, you know, 2022, 2023, 2024, you know, and understanding that the booking cycle goes out that far, you know, and, and, and with that understanding and, and knowing that, um, 
you, you know, you, you live and you live and die by your calendar. You know, there's, uh, there's other things that happen in Boise. There's um, a basketball team that plays in our building and, uh, you know, gymnastics as well. And then there's a, well-known Boise State football team that plays in the in, in the stadium, you know, and 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 how to balance out all those dates and and you look at your summer and you look at what's coming and and you go from you know my position of marketing and selling a show to um, transitioning to um, to notices of reschedules, you know, for for events that you might have been working on already for. Um, you know, six to nine months, you know, where you're postponing them or rescheduling them to a different date that might be um, six months away. And, you know, now we're at the point where we're looking at those rescheduled dates uh, and, and and wondering, you know, are are they going to play in, in uh, early 2021 or, or is that something that we're going to be um, doing again? Yeah. 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 It's just, and so you, you're, you're predicting, you're trying to predict, right? That things are going to be better or things are going to be safer. Um, well, <laughs> while you don't really know, right? Yeah. You don't really know. Yes. There's not like a hard date that all of a sudden, I mean, cause I think, I think we were at a, a really big trade show in January and there was some word of that, uh, you know, that there was something over in China and it was, that was about it, right? There was nothing, nothing really too big. And I think many of us thought it'd blow over or be, be quick. And now here we are, what, nine, 10 months later, whatever it is, and we're still adapting and readjusting and, and all that kind of thing. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. So when you're, when you're trying to book those, those venue, uh, shows, like, what is that, what do you, what is that going to look like, um, in your mind? I mean, you probably don't know, maybe don't know the full answer, but, um, you know, have you, have you thought through like, half capacity models or quarter capacity models. Um, have, has there been discussions like that in terms of the future of the live concert scene? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, um, the industry definitely has, um, has looked at um, what's, you know, called pod seating where, you know, you buy, you buy a group of two or a group of four or six. And, and that's, that's the pod that you sit in. And then the seats around you are taken taken out of inventory at that point in time. And, and, uh, um, you know, there, there's definitely talk on, um, you know, some States and some counties are, are allowing, um, you know, it's, it's all, it's all so different in, in different places. And, you know, in looking at touring, you know, how do you, how do you adjust your, your scalability to, to, you know, maybe you're in Texas one day and the next day you're in Arizona and maybe Texas is at 50% of capacity and Arizona is at 25. And then you look at California and maybe that's 10% of, of capacity, you know? So how in the world as a, as a booker and a router uh, with a tour uh, looking at venues in different, different places, how, how, how do you determine where you're going to go or, or who's, who's even open or who's open and shutting back down or, or, or adjusting, um, you you know, the state of Idaho, you know, we've gone forward and taken steps back and, and tried to step forward and taken two steps back, you know? So, (laughs) so how, how, how does that look? Um, 
when when you're trying to um, when you're trying to do events, um, you know what what does it look like for when events return? You know, boy, I don't know. You yeah, know, I don't. I I I don't know what events will look like. I I hope they will come back and and that folks will be confident and and purchase tickets and, and want to attend and want to be safe and um but i i think it's uh i i boy i just don't think folks know that yet yeah yeah definitely and it and it's you know safety is definitely one thing and then in the other side of the coin is like you're you're kind of alluding to is just the financial part of it right if if you have 10 percent capacity i'm not sure all the bills are going to get paid Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for for everyone, um, has there been talk of, you know, how to make that work for everyone involved? Because obviously, you need a certain amount of door revenue, and the artist needs to get paid, and the venue staff needs to get paid. And um, has there been any, any talk about what that what solutions could you know come up with there? You, you know, I think that there's been the the talks that I've seen are are really, you know, the the uh, creative ways of of trying to make things work um you know there were over the summer uh there were drive-in um events you know we we did a drive-in event for our event staff as as just a way to say thanks and and showed a drive-in movie in our parking lot and and attempted to do that um uh moving forward but um restrictions made it really difficult to activate that and uh you know, Blake Shelton did a drive-in event, which was uh, um, which was out and on sale at, at at our facility. And in addition to uh, Garth Brooks, did a drive-in event as well, um, where where they showed a concert and people watched it from a safe social distance in their vehicles. You know, so um, I know that some of the local uh, drive-in movie theaters in in the market here in Boise. Um, also showed those things and and uh, you know a- attempting to uh, keep your doors open and in- attempting to stay relevant. You know, I I think as as other businesses are coming back and coming back, um, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, into into uh, their new reality. Uh, you know, venues were one of the first to shut down, and, and you know, a lot of people say venues are going to be the last to open, and and I think that that's um, that that's definitely uh, probably the case for for a lot of folks. Um, you know, how can you go from um, you know saying groups of ten are are approved to uh, kick open the doors and you know bring five thousand, six thousand people in? That's that's a uh, tough thing to determine but you know i think that i think that if any industry can figure it out i think the entertainment industry can yeah i've been i'm impressed with uh people's creativity for sure trying to trying to make it work um like you mentioned the drive-in drive-in concerts and and those kind of things obviously now going into the winter season even if there was a complete you know, freedom from the authorities. I, I, I still think obviously that would be a, a big challenge, of course, to have a, you know, a concert when it's 25 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that it may be like what you're saying, it may be the reality for a little while. And what does that, what does that look like? And how do you, you know, how do you adapt? I know you guys had uh, the big Garth Brooks show a couple summers ago 
um, in the stadium, and that was the first in the football stadium. And that was the first concert in that stadium, if I if I'm correct. Um, it, it, it was one of the. It was a big show for that stadium, and and uh, I I believe it was one of the highest selling uh, shows on the tour. And you know, two days in Boise selling out with uh, I think it was eighty six thousand people attended those two shows. That's a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you think about, I I think about you know some of my friends in the uh, in the in the hard rock or you know rock industry, and and I think I'm. I think I'm like, how do we do the, how do we do the mosh pit with social distancing? <laughs> you know, how do we, how do we crowd surf safely, you know, in the, in the, in the challenging times that we're in right now. But uh, man, it's, it definitely is um, one of those deals where, where you look at it and, and you wish there was a, there was a clear answer, you know, there was a clear yeah. and safe answer. Um, so as, as you're looking into this next year, then you're, you're, t- you mentioned uh, kind of uh, one of your, points there about uh concerts kind of scheduled for the early part of 2021 so mm-hmm. are you are you thinking those are in jeopardy or you're still not sure it's kind of like still wait and see mode basically yeah, you know i, I think it's t- still too soon to to see you know i think as as a whole it's important to follow uh your state and your local health guidelines and uh what what the uh public health authorities are 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 saying, you know, and that's, that, that is key for us, you know, to not only follow our state and local guidelines, but also follow the guidelines that are set forth by uh, Boise State University and uh, um, uh, achieving the mission and the vision of the university. I think one of the cool things that we did um, that, um, that I saw very few uh, schools doing um was uh, uh, this last fall we transitioned and became a classroom for for Boise State for you know students who re- were really saying that they wanted to have some sort of in person learning and a method of delivery that would allow for in person learning and so you know the university came together and uh, you know creative people at at our arena came together and said hey let's let's be a classroom you know that we can. We can, you know, the lecture halls that are the traditional lecture halls on a campus, how can you spread those people out? Well, you know, you can put a 200-person lecture hall into an arena, and and uh, you can do it simultaneously, actually. You know, we had the north side and the south side of our facility was split in two, and we put big curtains from floor to ceiling, and, and uh, we're able to deliver audio via Zoom to students who were able to come to class in person, you know, there were, there were rules and regulations of face masks and social distance and, um, you know, be healthy when you come to, when you come to class. And, and, um, we were able to, and Boise state was able to deliver classes from the start of the semester until, uh, November 20th, which was determined as the day where classes would go remote because at, at the 20th, people were students were going home for the Thanksgiving break. And so uh, it was determined that, um, that we, that students would not come back after that break and that classes would be delivered remotely during that time. But I think it's super cool to be able to be creative and, and offer something else. And then, you know, now we are going into our, our basketball season. Uh, You know, we're starting out without fans and, uh, 
um, how how does that look as spring semester classes come back and and if there's a need for um, the classroom space still you know how do you balance that schedule of um, you know classes Monday Wednesday Friday and basketball games you know uh, Thursday Saturday you know and how do you how do you make that flip happen and and go from a classroom to a basketball court, you know, and, and that's what we do. That's what this ind industry does. And, uh, and I think that that's really, really cool. Yeah. And so you're, you're flipping from, uh, a little bit different events, right? <laughs> you're, you're used to kind of having concerts intermixed with the basketball season, but now you have classes and you have, uh, other, other things cause you have such a big space to use, which is, mm -hmm. which is kind of a cool way to, to do it. Right. Cause you're, you're you're keeping people safe and you're having the, the classes and and um, you're spread out. I'm I'm just thinking like man, I you know when I was in college, I could have maybe you could sleep pretty well in class if you were <laughs> you know if you're if you're socially distant from everyone else and you you're tucked in the back of an arena, maybe you could uh, get a get a couple extra Z's at that time, right? <laughs> maybe I you know I I don't know uh, I I just think it was. Uh, it was important to be able to do our part uh, for Boise State to to safely deliver classes again, and uh, um, I, I I I was uh, walking around the facility and 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 it was different, you know, it was different seeing folks in in the arena, you know, with their earbuds in, listening to a, an instructor on Zoom, and, and you know, you almost you almost kind of chuckle because. Um, the building can go from that mosh pit that you mentioned to uh, to an intimate classroom, you know, and and I think that that's that's the versatility of of an arena uh, is being able to uh, truly change your direction and uh, and make anything work, and and uh, that's what we're committed to doing. You know, that's what we're committed to doing in our in our reopening and, and, um, returning back to live, you know, is, is safely delivering those live entertainment experiences again, because, um, you know, people need that and people need to be able to come together and, and celebrate their, their favorite artists. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know that I've listened to more music during this time, you know, in the evenings, you know, my family and I, we, we're not watching TV. We're 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 tuning out of the news, and and uh, man, we're just we're just streaming so much music, and have discovered a lot of new fun artists that you know that I can't wait to market their show someday. Yeah. So. Any any ones uh, sticking out of the top of your head there that you've oh, really man, been... I, that, you know I I'm I'm a, I've become a big Drew Holcomb fan. Nice. Uh, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, and and. Uh, uh, that that is uh, the Pandora playlist right now, and and uh, uh, hearing some Mumford and Sons and and uh, the Abbott Brothers and um, all that is uh, that's my jam right now. Listening to uh, Need to Breathe and their yeah. new album, uh, all that's good stuff for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then and then like you mentioned, hopefully you start liking these you know these new artists and not new artists, but discovering these different bands and getting them to hopefully come to the, come to shows in, in person at some point. Um, 
Yeah, I want to I want to touch on the the basketball thing. You mentioned um, just starting out a basketball season and and other uh, you know winter sports events for the university. Uh, what what goes into the back end of that in terms of even though you don't have fans, you have teams and referees and coaches and uh, media people. And what goes into kind of that process of like, okay, here's our safety protocols for for this event and um, kind of what maybe walk me through what that looks like. Sure. You know, it all comes down to uh, keeping folks safe. And our uh, our assistant director of safety and security does an amazing job with that. And, um, you know, Boise State has rules and regulations regarding uh, COVID testing that, that folks will be doing and uh, making sure that everybody is well and able to be in a facility at that point in time uh, for games. Um, so, um you, you know, right right now, what that looks like is splitting people up into different tiers of of folks, where um, you know people who touch that basketball floor are are in that golden tier, you know, and that and you know, like in in the old Ghostbusters movie, I don't know if you ever saw that, you know, you don't you don't cross the streams of those uh, of those Ghostbuster machines, right? And yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, the tier two folks um, don't don't cross into that uh, that other area, and neither do the tier three folks. So that so that we can keep our student athletes safe and our coaching staff safe, and and uh, the folks that activate that, um, you know, there's different. The great thing about an inch uh, uh, an arena is there are um, several different doors, you know, so figuring out who goes through what door on the way in and on the way out, you know, so that, so that uh, people are separated and, and different paths of travel and one way traffic. And, and uh, like I mentioned, keeping those tiers separate from other folks so that, so that we can have um, a basketball season and so that our student athletes can uh, be able to uh, um, still play the game that they that that they that they love and still be students and and still be athletes at the same time yeah definitely i mean you look at it even within the nfl they're having a lot of problems of of keeping it away basically and Mm -hmm. and you know outbreaks within teams and things like that so so you mentioned the tiers that's really interesting so so an example would be maybe the highest tier would be obviously the players and the coaches um and then maybe the lower tier would be uh, you know, facility staff, um, janitors, things like that. Is that, is that right? Well, you, you know, I, I, I think that the, the big shout out right now has to be to uh, the facility staff and the cleaning staff. You know, those, those are the guys that, um, you know, we're, we're always working in the shadows um, that, that I think um, that, that I know for myself, I, I want to see those guys more and I, I want to put them in the bright neon shirts now. So that, so that, uh, Folks can give a shout out to those those guys that are keeping our facilities clean and safe, and uh, you know, going over those high touch points, you know, hundreds of times in a day, and and uh, making sure that that facility is clean. So, so you know, I I, I think that um, the thing that I have learned and and from being in that role. You know those those cats are so important to our our success and to keeping our our facility open. Uh, so so I think that you'll see those I, I think that you'll see those facilities and ops guys 
really uh, shining and and being being part of those uh, tier two groups and 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 not on the sidelines. You know, I that they are part of our main team to make sure that this facility stays open and and keeps operating. Yeah, definitely, and even even without fans and and those kind of things, it's still still important, like you mentioned, for the students to to have a season and to, to finish a season and not have to have an issue with, um, you know, closing down or canceling games or anything like that. I mean, that's, that's what we're all, we're all hoping. I mean, sure. even as, as events have come back to the venue, it's probably felt good to at least have, you know, it, it was nice probably to have the classes in there, but to, to kind of see the, the sports start to, to m- attempt to make a comeback and, probably feels good for you to at least have something going on in the, in the venue, right. After, after the weirdest year ever. Most definitely, you know, uh, our first, uh, game kicks off this week and, and, uh, um, it, it's one of the games that I get the opportunity to be on site for. And, and, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be cool to hear the squeaky shoes on the floor and, That's right. and, uh, um, and see how the venue is different and uh um and just just have have some sort of activity that that feels a little bit normal again yeah i think we're all hoping we're all hoping for that we're all hoping to have uh have concerts back i know that um you know my son and i were actually at i think it was toby matt concert there and i believe it was february Mm-hmm. at some point there in the arena this year. And it was like, man, this is one of his last arena shows. And, and he went and did the uh, drive-through or yep. the drive-in thing and got really creative and still kept playing, yep. which is, you know, yep. pretty good for him. And, but yeah, it was just weird to think about, man, we were, we were there at a concert and, and then three weeks later it, it was toast, you know? Yeah. And, it, it, it's, it's, it's different to, it's different to reminisce and look back on it. You know, I, I, you know, people always wonder what it's, you know, you tell people that you work at a venue and they, and they, they say, Oh, you know, can first question is, can you get free tickets? Right. Yep, and, then, yep. <laughs> and, and I, I always tell people, you know, that, that I am so important that I get paid to go to the concert, you know, That's but, right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, but, but, uh, um, you, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, we're, we're going to have, I think everybody's going to have to kick the dust off at, at their first show. It's just like, what, what are these things that we're coming back to? You know, what are these uh, 16, 18 hour workdays that you do to, to bring a show to life, you know, and, and, and for the fan, you know, what, what is, what is it like to kind of, to, to kind of let go again, you know, cause, cause we've held so much back for so long. What, it, what is it like to, to, to let that, let that energy out and let that happen again. I yeah. think that's going to be exciting. Definitely. I think that, I mean, I think that we need that as a society. Um, you know, the music is, is one of those things that brings people together and, and man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of division right now and a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, varying opinions on everything possible. I mean, <laughs> as a society, we're, we're arguing over, you know, the color of a, uh, of address, you know, on the sure. online. So we, we're really good at, at uh, getting at each other. And, and I think this year is, you know, we need some music to kind of chill us out a little bit, I think as a society and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the few, few uniting things, uh, it seems like that is left out there. And, mm. and that's, that's our hope, you know, as someone that is in the, 
you know, we're making stuff for these artists that play on stage and for, for even home players and that love music. Um, everyone loves music and, and we're all hoping that, uh, that it'll come back. And I hope we get to, uh, do this podcast again, you know, when, when shows are back and maybe when it looks like there's a, there's a window to make it happen. I'd love to kind of do another follow-up show at some point and kind of, kind of walk through that journey. Cause I'm, you know, we're, we're all rooting for, for you guys at the venues. Cause we know how important the venues are to, to everything. Um, so yeah. to the revenue for the artists, to the, you know, people who go, you know, on, on our end, you know, people can't really go to a concert and hear this great guitar solo and be inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just doesn't exist right now. And that's the yeah. thing that, you know, I remember back to I, when I went to my first couple of concerts um, and hearing that guitar lick and that guitar riff got me into guitar. And then, you know, then it became a, a business and all this other stuff. So I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for you guys. Um, I appreciate you being on the, on the podcast today. I really enjoyed this conversation and uh, we'll have to have to definitely catch up again for another follow-up show. You bet. I look forward to it. You know, I think that, uh, uh, on the venue side, you know, we are in the uh, making memories business. You know, you always you always remember your first show. You know, my first show I ever attended was Bush, Goo Dolls, and No Doubt in the wow. same venue that I work at. You know, that's and so great. that's so that's that that's cool to to be able to understand and know that memory. You know, I I I, I remember um, seeing James Taylor and Carol King. Uh, tech their tour uh rehearsal for for their troubadour tour uh 10 years ago in the building you know and and we'll never forget them playing to uh about 150 people inside the facility and the revolving stage and them waving to empty seats and you know i i think the same is going to be said for your first show after covid you know i think people are gonna know what that show was and know know the feeling and 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 just have that have that memory be made for them again and i'm i'm super excited to be part of that yeah that's that's really cool i appreciate that perspective and and honestly just your your outlook on it too because i know that uh, there's a lot of hard things that come with not having shows and trying to figure things out and i think we're all in that boat of you know well this stuff has changed but this stuff hasn't and we're going to do our best to uh to fight for music. And I think that's what it's all about. I agree. Awesome, man. Thanks for being on the show today and um, we'll catch up again soon. You bet. Thanks. All right. So that was my interview with McHugh from extra mile arena here in Boise, Idaho and enjoyed that conversation. Um, Enjoyed his, his honesty, but also his positive outlook on, on the music industry and how music is continuing to inspire him and, and continuing to, um, be this the force that drives uh, the these venues um i'd love to hear some other perspectives from other venue owners uh, music store owners as we continue these interviews i think they've been very um very encouraging very uplifting and also just um just kind of an honest look at uh, how all of us in the music industry are dealing with this so I, i'm grateful to have this opportunity to talk to people and kind of get the pulse of the uh, the industry in the in these strange times I want to mention before we uh, sign off here on the podcast, um, you can probably hear in the background, we're jamming out today in the shop. I had to c- record this podcast over a couple days. Um, so Thursdays now is where we're at. And, and it's a little no- more noisy in the shop, so we have to kind of deal with a little bit of the, uh, 
the noise, but we're jamming out and building pickups, which isn't a bad thing. So we always listen to music as we, as we build and keep rocking for you guys. Um, I want to mention too, just check out our website. We've got some new things coming, um, over the next little bit here. Um, we got some new guitar stuff in the works as well. You can follow us on the social media channels at Porter pickups. Um, you can find our content on Instagram, Facebook, that kind of stuff. Um, check us out on there. We post almost daily on Instagram. That's probably where we're most active right now. Um, sharing sound clips, sharing, um, you know, fun pictures from the shop, things like that. Um, check that out if you get a chance. And if you have ideas for, uh, people you'd like to have us interview for the show, um, if you have topic suggestions you'd like us to, to walk through, um, that's all on the table. You can shoot us an email at info at porterpickups.com and we'd be happy to, uh, send some of those out and uh, back to you some questions and also um, just cover any of those things that, that you have. Um, I'd love to do that. 